All right, let me start the message with a question. What do you want in 2023? I got to the end of 2022, and um, I didn't want to make any New Year's resolutions. For some reason, even thinking about making New Year's resolutions just sort of drained energy out of me, and I, I didn't really quite analyze why, but I suspect that I just didn't want to have to, you know, work hard at something that I was going to feel like I was going to mess up anyway. So I had this thing, you know, I still wanted to use the new year in some way to kind of encourage my spiritual life, but I didn't want to do those um, resolutions that I've done for so many years. Other years I've done that, and I probably will in the future, but this year wasn't going to be one of them. And so as I was thinking about it, I just, I just randomly asked myself, what do I want in 2023? And then that question seemed more inviting and it seemed less demanding. So I played with it for a little bit. What do I want in this next year? Not what should I want, because that would have driven me off into the other direction, but what do I really kind of long for in this next year? I'm still thinking about it, I'm still trying to write it down and to, to grasp some of it, so it's an ongoing thing for me right now. And even though this message is on truths of Christian baptism, I've kind of retitled it to be affirming our spiritual desires. Affirming our spiritual desires. As I re-looked at, at the transforming truths about Christian baptism, I started to realize that they reminded me of desires that I had when I was baptized that caused me to want to be baptized. I was baptized back in 1978 as a graduate student. And as I was looking at the truths of Christian baptism, I started to realize that I still have some desires that were present at my baptism that I actually want to affirm for 2023. So as I said just a couple minutes ago, if you're, not a if you're here today, you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope that at the end of the message today, you'll think about what are your spiritual desires for the next year. And I hope that maybe you'll even try to talk to Jesus about them. And if you're a follower of Jesus and not yet been baptized, I hope that as you think about your spiritual desires for 2023, I hope that one of them will be to take the step of baptism or confirmation this year. And if you're a follower with the Jesus, I'm curious, how many of you have been baptized or confirmed? Just raise your hand so I can see. Because I was trying to figure out what would be our percentage. Okay, that's kind of what I would, would hope and expect. I hope that as you get to the end of this message on the Christian truths of baptism, that it will maybe reignite some of your spiritual desires. Now, I tell people all the time, baptism is such an easy concept that a child can understand it. An eight-year-old child can understand, Jesus wants me to be baptized. So it's easy enough, simple enough to be understood by a child, but it is also profound enough to explore for the rest of our lives. I kid you not, I have a book in my library that's almost three inches thick just on the truths of Christian baptism. What I want to do with us here in our time, because we don't, we don't have normal amount of time, I want to introduce to you four spiritual truths about Christian baptism. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to put this, the scriptures on the screen. I'm going to put the scripture references on the screen 
so that if you want to go back and read all of them later, take a picture of the screen, or if you want to, send me an email, and I'm bill at cornerstoneboston.org, and I'll just send you the, the teaching notes. But I, I wanted to have you be able to have the screens with the scriptures so you can see where each of these truths is found in the word of God. And then what I'm hoping we'll do is I'm hoping that that will kind of spur some spiritual desires within us and that we'll reflect on what that might mean for us in the coming year. And keep in mind that, um, that every time I talk about baptism here, a believer being baptized, it's the exact same truths for believers who are being confirmed. Okay, so if you hear just baptism, I won't say baptism or confirmation slash confirmation. I'll usually just say baptism. But if you've been, if you were baptized as a baby, then each time I say baptism, hear the word confirmation. All right, the first transforming truth about Christian baptism is that baptism is connected to what is called the seal of the Holy Spirit. What is the seal of the Holy Spirit? The seal of the Holy Spirit is sort of like in your, college, in your college or university campus when you went to the library, you opened it up and somewhere there was a stamp saying this book is the property of you know, Tufts University or Boston College, all right? That is a seal that says who that book belongs to. In the same way, the seal of the Holy Spirit upon the followers of Jesus proclaims who we belong to. And it's very interesting. We know that we receive the Spirit of God when we confess our sins and ask Jesus to come into our lives. But throughout the scriptures, so we receive it at conversion. Paul says, if you, if you have Christ, you have the Spirit. So we know that. But in the scriptures, this, this, the presence of the Holy Spirit is very closely connected to baptism. So here are a couple of scriptures. This is Acts 2.38. Paul is preaching to all of the thousands of people who showed up on the day of Pentecost. And they have asked, brother, after he talks about Jesus, they say, what do we do to be saved? And this is what Paul says in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus so that your sins will be forgiven. And then he says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 21-22 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. God, he, he anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. 1 Corinthians 12, We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And last one here, Ephesians 1, 13, 14. You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the good news, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So the question about this or the desire from this truth of Christian baptism, what do you want of the Holy Spirit in 2023? What do you want of the Holy Spirit this year in your life? And as I've been reflecting on it, and I'm, you're gonna, I'm actually going to give you five to seven minutes to reflect on all these questions at the end of the message. As I've been reflecting on it, I know I really do want to be more in step with the Holy Spirit. In 2023, I want to avoid grieving the Spirit 
Because the scriptures say that it's possible to grieve the spirit. And the main way it seems that we grieve the spirit is we diss the church or we mistreat fellow believers. And the Holy Spirit is grieved. And, and I, I want to avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. I want to be more filled with the spirit. I want to be, be more faithful with the gifts of the spirit that he's given me. And I want to express the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, and patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. I want to express that more in my life this year than I did last year. So the first question is going to be for you, what do you want of the Holy Spirit this next year? The second transforming truth about Christian baptism is that Christian baptism celebrates our spiritual union with Jesus. And, and I say this, you know, if you come to my class, you've heard it. But the, one of the interesting things about Christian baptism in the New Testament is you don't have like this whole chapter that talks about baptism. You have a verse here and a verse over here and a verse over here, and a, which is why I just put the verses up for you because they're all sprinkled around. There's only one place in the New Testament where there's a, an extended discussion of Christian baptism. And that's in Romans chapter 6. So first, um, and, and it reveals this truth that baptism celebrates our spiritual union with Jesus. So this is Romans 6, verses 3, 3 and 4. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Colossians chapter 2 says the same thing. We were buried with Christ in baptism and raised with him through our faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Baptism is a, and confirmation is a celebration of our oneness with Jesus in a way that we don't, we, our rational brains can't comprehend. Somehow baptism and confirmation, we are somehow super glued to Christ so that what is true of Jesus becomes true of us. His death becomes our death. His resurrection becomes our resurrection. Being one with Christ in his death, as it says in Romans chapter 6, invites us to bury our old nature. Christianity never says to tame our old nature. It never says to try to make peace with it or kind of corral it off to one side. Christianity always calls us to put to death our sinful nature. Our old nature with its selfishness and with, its, with, with the, its corruptions and with its being bent away from God. Christianity doesn't say kind of tame that. It says kill that. Crucify the old nature. Being one with Christ in his death means that I am empowered to progressively crucify my old nature. And being one with Christ in his resurrection means that I am empowered to live in newness of life. I don't have to be content with the old ways that I've lived before because sin is not my master anymore. Because I am super glued to Christ. I am one with him in his resurrection, which means I can live the life of the redeemed with God's grace, with the power and wisdom and love and character of Jesus. I can become like Christ, which is what Paul says in Galatians 3.27. All who were baptized into Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. So the question here, 
What do you want of Jesus in 2023? I want to be more united with Christ. As Paul says in Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified Christ with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I want to be able to do all things in Christ, through Christ, with Christ, with the, the, the Son of God empowering me to be all that he has created me to be. I want less of my sin. I want less of my selfishness, less of my failure, less of my anxiety, less of my neediness. And I want more of his grace and truth and goodness and glory. What do you want of Jesus in 2023? Third transforming truth of Christian baptism. And like I said, we're going to come back and revisit each of these or all of these at the end. Thirdly, baptism signifies entry into the Christian community. We never baptize somebody back in a cave in a closet all by themselves. We always baptize with, with a community. And uh, as we do at Cornerstone, there is a public sharing of each person's testimony before they are baptized and confirmed. So just like we saw now with Debbie and Nathan, we take a public stand in our baptism and confirmation and we become a part of the family of God. It's not the same, but it's a little bit like getting married, okay? When we get married, we get up in front of a bunch of people and we say, I'm committed to this person forever till death do we part. And in our baptism and confirmation, we stand up and we say, I am committed to the body of Christ. I am committed to the kingdom of God. So just like a husband and a wife are not to tear one another down, just as they are not to discredit one another, neither do we tear down the church or discredit the church, but instead we, we yearn and work for the thriving of the church as the people of God. Uh, baptism reminds us that we are baptized into one body. So the question here, what do you want? That was the scripture. Did I do the scripture? 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says it just clearly. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body. What do you want for the church in 2023? Most of you know that I'm going to retire from being a, a paid pastor in 2023. But I'm not going to retire from loving and caring for and building up the church that I was baptized into in my baptism in 1978. Um, you know, I'm going to retire, but I'm not going to retire from loving my wife. I'm going to retire as a paid pastor, but I will never retire from loving the church of Jesus. I actually hope that in my retirement, I'll find ways to, to love and build up and nurture the church better than I've ever, ever done before. What do you want for the church in 2023? Now, the way that question's most, almost always asked is, what do I want from the church? That's not what we're asking about. We're asking, what do you want for the church? And then finally here this morning, um, there are other truths of Christian baptism that, I mean, we haven't talked about how Christian baptism symbolizes that our souls have been washed clean. I mean, there's all kinds of, but for today, the last one for today, baptism is a supernatural act of God. 
I think this is the most important one. Baptism is a supernatural act of God. Why does Jesus, when everything's said and done, why does Jesus put baptism into the Great Commission? Right up there with learning to do everything that Jesus has commanded and making disciples. Why does he put baptism way up there? And um, what I've come to, because I've thought about that a lot over the years, what I've come to is, based on Jesus' own baptism, I've concluded that Jesus wants every one of his followers to experience a divine intervention in their lives where they hear their heavenly father say, you are my child in whom I am well pleased. I love you. That's based on Jesus' own baptism. In Luke chapter 3, um, the, the account is this. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, listen to this, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I'm convinced that just a few moments ago, God showed up in a very unique way to do a divine intervention in Nathan's and Debbie's life. And I'm convinced that at every baptism, God shows up to tell his child, you belong to me. You are my child. I love you, and I am well pleased with you. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus wants every believer to be baptized or confirmed so that we will experience that kind of divine intervention. So, what do you want from God? What divine interventions do you want from God in 2023? Let's not forget that God is able to do far more abundantly, more than we ask or think. God is able, and let's not forget that God loves to give us the desires of our hearts. When we are leaning into God, God just loves to enable us to thrive. So what divine interventions would you like from God in 2023? So here's where I want to actually take five to seven minutes and have us do that kind of reflection to affirm our spiritual desires. So let's see if we got that screen. Let's put that up on the screen. There we go. All right. This is each of the truths. Baptism is about the seal of the Holy Spirit. What do you want of the Spirit in 2023? What do you want of the Spirit's gifts, fruit, power, wisdom, grace? Baptism is about spiritual union with Jesus. What do you want of Jesus in 2023? How do you want to be super glued to Christ? What do you want that to mean for your life? And by the way, you know, in these next five minutes, because it's going to be quiet in here, this is space for you to do business for, with God and for God to show up and meet you. If you, in these next few minutes, you think, what do I want of Jesus? I'm not sure I really want or need anything from Jesus. You might just share that with him. Jesus always meets us exactly where we are so that he can move us to be in a better place. So, so this is not a time to fix things. It's not a time to fake things. This is a time to just lift up our spiritual desires, whatever they are, whatever temperature they are, 
and ask yourself, what do you want with Jesus in the year to come? Baptism signifies public entry into the church. What do you want for the church in the year to come? And then lastly, baptism is a supernatural act of God. What do you want? What would you love to hear from God? What would you love for God to do with you in the year ahead? So what we're going to do is we're going to take, like I said, five to, to seven minutes and reflect on, we'll leave the screen up there and reflect on these truths. Then, once you've had, I mean, you'll, you'll kind of sense, once you feel like you're ready, you've had your conversation with God, we actually want you to, to have the opportunity to physically feel part of God's presence. So, once you've had time, then I'll invite you to stand up where you are. There's a table in the middle of the back. Go and pick up one of the cups. Each cup has a little bit of water in it. And when you're ready, go and get a cup. And what I'm going to encourage you to do is just put your fingers in the cup and then touch your forehead so that you feel the cool water and do the sign of a cross. If you've been baptized or confirmed, this is to allow you to reaffirm your baptism vows. It's to allow you to affirm your spiritual desires. If you've not been baptized, this is to remind you that Jesus is the living water. Jesus will come to you. And I just want you to, to tangibly feel the presence of Jesus in your life as you touch your forehead with the water. If you're not a Christian, then I encourage you, go back, do the same thing, and then just put the water on your forehead. And this is to remind you that Jesus really longs for you to have streams of living water flowing up from within you. And you don't have to figure out anything today. You don't have to decide anything today. But you can have the opportunity to sense that Jesus is for you. All right, with all of that, um, we're going to be still now. I'll come back here with about two minutes left, and I'll let you know about two minutes in case you're, you haven't gotten up to, to go to the back. And, um, and then at that point, you'll go up, and then I'll come back and I'll do a prayer. And then we will conclude our time of worship this first Sunday together of the new year with um, singing God's praise and worship. So let me start with a very brief prayer and then create space. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are here as your church. And as your church, in, as individuals in your church, we'd like to meet with you this morning. Thank you that you always meet us right where we are. And I don't know what you want to do with each person's heart in this room, but I'm really convinced that nobody's here by accident. There's something you want to do or say. So as we reflect on our spiritual desires, would you meet us? We pray in Jesus' name. I'll keep track of time so you don't have to.
Let's pray together. Father, I suspect that you drew each of us to this place and to this service today because you want to show up in our lives in maybe refreshing, surprising ways in the year ahead. We don't know what 2023 holds for us but we don't have to know because we know that you hold our future so father son and holy spirit we invite you to stir up our spiritual desires not in the old ways that lead to guilt and sadness and frustration and annoyance but in new ways that give us new life and give us joy that you have for us as we walk with you. So I pray that, that you will stir up spiritual desires for us on a regular basis as we go forward into this year and throughout this year. Thank you that you have been so, so faithful. And help us to surrender all to your love and your goodness and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.